0: Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We put together a guide with some recommendations to help you focus on being financially fit at different milestones in your life. Some of you may be ahead of schedule, while others may have to play catch up. You can download this guide for free on our website. The link to download Your Path to a Lifetime of Financial Success is listed in the episode description, or you can go to wiserinvestor.com, scroll to the bottom and find it there. Now on to today's episode.
1: Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom. Today are my co-hosts Brad Lyons and Michaela Dowdy. Hey, Michaela.
2: Hey, good morning.
1: Hey, Brad. Hi, Casey. So, Michaela, this is your second podcast with us.
2: It is. It is. Welcome Had to, to come the, back for more.
1: Welcome to the round table. <laughs> yes. Literally, it's a round table. Um, so today we're going to talk about. Um, Planning, financial planning in our 20s. And, I mean, i tell you, we don't, I don't think we meet with too many 20-year-olds. Late 20s, probably. But 20s are all about just getting started in life. You just graduated. You just graduated.
2: I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where'd you graduate from again?
2: Samford University.
1: Samford University. That's in Birmingham. It is. And it you is. were a finance major? I was. So you should have a head start on all this, right? They teach you all the things about life. And you're a finance major, right?
2: Um, I think <laughs> you get a lot of a broad concepts of like macro and microeconomics and understanding market language and all of those things. But in the nitty gritty of understanding personal finance, I think that comes at more of a surface level um, because I think it is something that. They don't focus as much on the personal side of things. It's a lot more of the corporate side of things, um, from my experience. Um, And so I think it is something to now be on the personal side is really nice and getting to learn firsthand.
1: Yeah, that was a sarcastic comment. Yeah. So, yeah, because they don't. I I was a (laughs) finance major, too, and and had to learn kind of through the School of Hard Knocks. Brad, you know about the School of Hard Knocks, right? Yes. (laughs) Work. They knocked me many times. Yeah, I am yeah. a multi-year graduate yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> with uh, multiple degrees. With so. multiple degrees, yes, yeah. that's right.
1: <laughs> uh, all advanced, <laughs> um, yeah, that that is true. I mean, even finance majors, but you are studying the CFP now, yes. So obviously, that's all very practical. For no, the definitely, part. yes. So that that brings thing, some things in, but you know, I so I am forty-four. We won't talk about Brad's age. Um, Brad's a little bit older than me. A
3: little bit? Yeah.
1: I'd, I would have done... Hmm. Let me think about this carefully. I would have done some things different in my 20s. Now, for me personally, I'm a very big goal setter and go achieve things. And so sometimes I'm like, achieve things at all cost, Like, could be dollars, could be time, whatever, right? So for me, I want to... I wanted to be in the world of finance, but at the same time I had this yearning to fly airplanes. So I took that time in my twenties to learn how to fly an airplane and flew airplanes for 12 years and I enjoyed it. I'm glad I'm doing, I transitioned to this now. I did both for many years. Um, so I don't I don't regret that, but there's probably car purchases. There's probably trips. I don't know about trips cause I was an airline pilot, I didn't really pay for trips. Um, every day was a trip <laughs> for the most <laughs> part um but it, there's probably things there that I could have done differently i definitely wish i'd saved more personally like in in retirement plans and i put money into a retirement plan early on cuz i knew i was supposed to do that but man if i'd put in if i put in 5% more what a huge difference i'd make at this point right
3: yeah that is one of the basic behaviors that we would like to impart upon 20 year olds is that you know, establishing good, you know, financial behavior patterns such as saving in a 401k or a retirement plan at work. So, um, and and it's amazing how, when I think back on my 20s, which were a wonderful time and many things that happened that really can't be discussed here. um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I don't know that I would have missed that extra (laughs) one or 2% that I had saved in a 401k. Looking back on it, you know, from today's world for me, you know, right. so your point is well taken that if, if you had just saved an extra few percent, it was seems like today, looking back in the in the, in the past, I would have never missed it. Okay,
1: especially starting out because I feel like starting out you don't have much anyway. So maybe the best budget strategy is just pay yourself first, like forget about all this other stuff because assuming you don't have a whole lot of debt, you just Man, just put away if you could put away fifteen percent of what you make. That's a huge number. It's a
3: huge number. A huge yeah. percentage.
1: Right. But it's not a huge number. Right. Is but if your... the
3: employer's contributing a part of that, <laughs> yeah. You know Very you true. don't have to do it all on your own. True. Yeah.
1: I you because know, I guess we say all this because it's the power of compounding. So to grow money over time, it's 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 that extra 10 years that makes a huge difference because most of us don't have good incomes until we're probably closer to 40s, right? So at that point, you've lost 10, 15, 20 years to be able to compound money on top of each other. Now, occasionally you get a redo, like we're probably in the middle of a a, a little bit of a redo when you have this big sell-off in the market. Uh, Financial crisis was an opportunity. The 2008... Um, I'm sorry, COVID was an opportunity, a financial crisis was an opportunity, if you still had a job, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to put more money to work. But usually we get so scared we we, we tend not to do that. I think it's more of how, you know, how do you participate in the long-term growth of the S&P 500? And you, you can take, um, you know, when I was in school, in my mind, everything was about investing, everything, right? And I remember even in my um, public speaking class, I made it about investing (laughs) and he had to do a speech in front of your whole classmates, right? Which never bothered me as you can tell. Um, (laughs) but I did Jack and Jill and I remember just as so Jack and Jill went up the hill, you know, I heard the rhyme, right? But then, um, Jill was, you know, a crazy sister and she, Jack annoyed her. And so she just like hit him on the head with the bail and he went tumbling back down. And, um, well, he was, he was injured and decided not to go to college, made really poor decisions, not even trade school. Right. <laughs> just, just quit right there. And so he, he, um, got a job at a mill and, and, uh, he can only save like $2,000 a year extra. That's all he really had. And then Jill was really concerned about him that she went on the medical school for all those years and she didn't really start saving until her mid thirties, but she saved like the max she could save in her plan. And uh, ironically, who had more money? Jack did. Jack did. Mm-hmm. Jack had, well, I don't remember how much more money he had. I'd have to go back and look at my notes from that speech. But, uh. <laughs> um, but, but, but the point is,
3: I don't know which, which is stranger, <laughs> the story itself, or the fact that he thinks he still has it somewhere. <laughs> it's
2: kind of impressive you remember it. I, like, well, I was it's, like, it's what, same... 20 years ago?
3: Yes.
1: Uh, yes, that was 20 years ago. I'm going with that. Uh, I'm going with that. That was 20 years ago. Um, but but the, point, the point is is that um, it's the same story. We read about it in every analogy of why you should be saving money sooner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same story.
3: Well, it's compounding like, has been compared to and called like, the eighth wonder of the world. You know, you <laughs> have the seven wonders of the world, but compounding right. interest is considered to be the eighth wonder of the world. And you only participate well, you participate over time. To the max. yeah, over, yeah. Over, over time. So yeah. that's why
1: if you're fifty years old and you're making a million dollars a year, you gotta put in three, four hundred thousand dollars a year to save in order to hit your goal. And we have clients who do that. Right. right? And it's worked for them. But how you're gonna roll the dice on that? Just you're building a foundation, you're building a solid foundation. Um, and you know, there, there were things in my life happening at the time that, that probably made me spend more money than I wanted to. Um, but ultimately, um, ultimately going back to it, it's, it's where you are. It's a station in life. It's not permanent, um, when you're starting out and you just have
3: to establish good habits. And, and like you said, it is a station and make that by definition all makes it relative too. so if you're saving a certain amount of money of your or percentage of your income, it's relative to if how much you make. So if you're saving ten percent of your income, whether you're making thirty thousand dollars a year yeah. or sixty or ninety or hundred and twenty, it's all relative. Right. You're saving ten percent of your income. Okay. Yeah. So it, we we don't want um, listeners to think that you know it's only ten percent of thirty thousand. It's only three thousand. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll start saving when I'm making sixty, or I'll start saving when I'm making ninety. Right? No, go ahead and start saving when you're making thirty, because that compounding interest takes place on that three thousand dollars a year that you're saving throughout your twenties until you reach that higher age. That makes a huge difference. I think it's. It's.
1: You're in your twenties. You mean, you tell me. When you're in your twenties, it's expensive to live right now.
2: It is. It's very expensive, especially with inflation and just trying to walk through and into a grocery store shopping for one person. And it's over a hundred dollars and I don't buy that much food, you know, so it's just um, it is a lot of just managing expenses. And I think for the first time when you're in your early 20s, you're most of the time, that's your first time to really be managing everything on your own. And so, um, it really is definitely something I know when I was about to take the job here and I was like looking at apartments and looking at salaries and those kinds of things. And I was like, okay, let's build a budget. And so I literally had to build a budget for myself to make sure I still had enough to save. And I could kind of figure out, okay, this is a ballpark of what I can spend on groceries. And this is a ballpark of what I can spend on like fun activities to do or like experiences. And so it really is like just sitting down and figuring out, like, okay, this is how much I make, this is how much I can save with that, and still, you know, live my life and have a good time living my life, um, just within its own barriers, and I think it's something that, like, saving shouldn't be thought of as, especially in your 20s, it shouldn't be thought of as, like, oh, I'm constricting my life, I'm not going to get to experience so many things because I'm saving this money, and it's, like, no, that's not the case, it really is, it's, like, giving you the freedom to know that when you're spending that money you've already saved like that's already came off the top so now you can go and spend that money and know you've already taken care of your future self and so instead that's more freeing than it is really constricting
3: to the earlier point that colleges and high schools even really don't talk much about personal finance in college you learn how to have a career what type of career you want to have but they don't tell you what to do once you begin that career you know that's all left up to the student then the 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 20 something employee to figure out on their own and there's very few resources to find out there that actually apply to your circumstance in order to to your point how much is it going to cost me to live is this salary going to be appropriate for me what are the types of things that i want to do you know for recreation and enjoyment and is am i going to be able to do this all on what i'm making and how do I arrange that? Okay, And that's really a shame, I think, and it's on our education system. Okay. We teach up to a certain point, but then we don't teach about the rest of life afterwards very much. Now, there are some schools now that have moved into um, financial planning as a curriculum. Okay. But it's you devote your entire career to it, and there are those that don't necessarily want to have a career in, in this business, but they'd like to know something about it. So yes. yeah. I think it should be moved into, really into, you know, like, um, part of your core curriculum in every, in every case.
1: So yeah, yeah Barry college, they do, um, beyond the barrier bubble once a year. And they, they, you know, have a Q and a, have a panel of people mm-hmm. that students can ask questions and they talk, someone does a presentation about budgeting, maybe one of the clubs on campus or something like that, but, or about personal finance, um, I don't know that it's heavily attended. And I guess it's just an optional, get cultural events credit or something like that. But it, it, it's almost something that should be, should be uh, focused on that. And I, I think uh, I mean, this is getting off topic, but we would be doing that. And then an ethics course, business ethics course. I think, I think people have kind of forgotten about business ethics. <laughs> is that um, not
2: something that's built into most curriculums?
1: Ethics? Mm-hmm. No, not really.
2: Not really? Okay. Well, I actually mm-hmm. took like two business ethics classes interesting in college
1: good for sanford yeah you know the um yeah i so you know do you not do you see maybe some of your friends but do you not see that there's a little bit of a trap that you're used to a certain lifestyle as a child of a family and you leave that family to start your own life and assuming there's not a trust fund or a stipend following you that you feel like Maybe they feel like, not you specifically, but they feel like that, well, I deserve this because this is how I've always, li- I've always lived.
2: I think a little bit. I think that kind of goes into like, if they're feeling like entitled, I think is a lot of it. And I know we love to use that on our good generation. Um, but I think there is something, if they're not kind of walked through, like, I was grateful enough that my like parents really gave me like so many resources to understand finance. So like. When I was, you know, back to school shopping as like a fifth grader, I had a budgeted amount that I knew how much I had and I held like a card that was literally like, okay, if you're going to buy that, that's coming out of your money. Right. And it was like, oh, okay do I really want that? <laughs> and you know, my yeah. mom jokes, it was the best thing she ever did. Cause I went to the sales racks then, um, because I wanted the most bang for my buck. Right. Um, so it really is something that I think if you're taught great money practices, like from a young age and like, especially like, I mean, I still remember that fourth and fifth grade, you know? Um, and so if you're taught that, then I think you understand that concept of money more. But I think it's when you're getting out into the real world and no one's ever been like, this is money your bank account doesn't just replenish by itself you know and I think that that's something that if you haven't been taught that then it is such a big like whirlwind of oh my gosh what is this like I now have a limited budget I don't know what to do with it I used to just swipe my card not have a worry in the world and what is this and so I think it's something that if you're taught what money is and I think that that's something that like is shifting a little bit. So I think you're seeing the digital age of like Venmo and, you know, right. crypto and all this stuff that's coming out like into our generation. And is you have banks that don't have storefronts or brick and mortar. And so it is the, I guess, definition of money's changing, but it's still the same entity of it. Like right. you're still just transitioning to get something. And so it's still just a transaction. And so, yeah, I don't, it's one of those things where if they're not taught money, and what the principles of money are, then yes, I think it can be a very big shell shock. So you,
1: so you start using, swiping the card, and the card's in your name, not your parent's name, and so now <laughs> you have credit card debt. Yes. Right? And it happens really, really quick. And you're like, oh my gosh, I owe $20,000 to Amex. And is there, I, it, to me, that's a killer, because how do you overcome that, especially if you're not getting big bonuses yet? And you're not- Well, we use
3: the word entitled, entitled. Okay. Another word could be accustomed. Yes. Okay. You're That's accustomed a good word. to a lifestyle. Yeah. And um, it, it it the parents have built that lifestyle up over a lifetime of you know savings and workings and earnings et cetera. Right. Um. I, I think that uh, younger generations would um, be well served if they taught <laughs> that you may not have this lifestyle right off the bat. Right. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um and, and we talked here about credit cards. credit cards are convenience at, at their highest form. They're simply a convenience of way to to pay for things. Um, but what happens is is people, young people, if you get into the wrong behavioral patterns, begin to view it as a second source of income
1: or the re- emergency reserve <laughs> yes,
3: that's right okay which which essentially creates this um, ability to withdraw money that you don't have with the idea of paying it back in the future. And depending upon whether you're using it for consumable items or non-consumable items, you know, you get into this trap of paying for things that you've consumed and are gone and you no longer have, but you now have the payment ahead of you for years to come.
2: Yes, and I think that's something also, I know I've seen it on like a lot of my social media, which is where a lot of us 20-somethings get our information and really a lot lately you've seen on everything. Just, you should get a credit card so you can get the points and you can get these benefits. And that is something that if you have like the ability to, you know, look at your credit card in a healthy way, then yes, like that's a great benefit to a credit card. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be getting a credit card because you want the points. If you know that like you don't have the self-control to do that. And so I think that that's something that's really dangerous that we're now like another way for credit card companies to promote. And I get that of just being like, okay, hey, you know, inflation's going up, you need more money to spend, and guess what, if you get a Southwest credit card or whatever, then you'll get miles, and you'll get points, and you can go on a trip, because we know you love experiences, you know, and so I think that that's something that is a dangerous game, and so I think even, I think they came out like last week saying that credit card um, expenses have gone up a lot within the last month. I don't oh, the, know the, the exact bal- number. The, the balances
1: yeah. are yeah. at record highs in the in US.
3: Yes. Credit card companies are some of the best marketers and advertisers uh, we've ever seen. Absolutely. And then you combine that with social media and as the younger generation is so accustomed to social media, they absorb it so quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to find ways to discern quite frankly whether or not that's a good message that I'm being shown or sent at this point in time and that that, that's hard quite frankly that's hard so.
1: Yeah it's it's um (laughs) I I think the takeaway is stay out of debt if you go into it with debt into your 20s with debt um you know student loan debt's one thing that's probably a uh, that's definitely a multi-year uh objective is to get out of that but it's to stay away from credit card debt you don't need a Mercedes. You don't need a sports car uh, at this point. You, you're going to pay higher insurance rates anyway. <laughs> you, you need you just need reasonable transportation that, that's affordable. Um, and and think about think about um, just establishing a good solid base. And also too, you know, I would think for single people, you know, if if you're if people are getting married later now, you don't want to you don't want to go into a new relationship with someone who has tons of debt and is just really bad with money. I mean, figure this stuff out at the, at the beginning, you know, because you you go into a relationship with somebody who can't handle money. That's just another heartache that you're going to have to deal with over time. Uh, Now, some people, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect with it. It just means that some people are better than others. And as long as you establish who's, who's the boss (laughs) when it comes to, (laughs) do we take on debt? Do we not take on debt? And are we saving enough? Then I guess that works out, but you know, you usually the couples, you know, opposites attract, right? So we usually see one couple uh, or one spouse that's just really good at kind of managing things and the other spouse says, Okay, well what can I spend on XYZ? And it works out really well. Uh, others they will butt heads over it and they probably never make it into our office because they don't ever build wealth. <laughs> right. Um Brad, did you do anything specifically with your kids growing up to teach them about money?
3: Well we brought them into the into the decision making process, you know, mm-hmm quite young and allowed them to make certain decisions on their own. So they got practice at it. And one of that was money, quite frankly. Now we didn't give them allowances or they didn't earn through chores. Chores were just something you did around the house because everybody does. Yeah. Um, but we, as they turned, <laughs> as they got their driver's license, you know, and then they were able to go to their summer job, they got summer jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it was no question about it, that at 16, they got their driver's license. They were getting a summer job. And so that was their income. A certain amount went into savings, a certain amount went into their checking account. And the, the beauty of online and, and, you know, apps and stuff was that we could all track it. Yeah. Okay. So they could track it. We could track it. The bank accounts were linked between ours and, and theirs online at least. And so that I could assist them with monies going back and forth, and show them how it was done. So it was very, I'll, I'll say, uh, tactical. They earned it, it was theirs. Yeah, They got to spend a portion of it, they got to save a portion of it. And as they saw those balances climb over time, they became more and more protective of that money as well. Because right. that yeah. was their money that but their they money. actually had to go out, get up in the morning, <laughs> go to work, <laughs> and earn on their own. And so that was, it. taught them how to work, you know, Taught them I, how to save, so absolutely.
1: Going back to our last theme, we had legacy planning and talking about building a legacy and teaching the next generation to act like the first generation uh in building wealth, not destroying wealth, right? Um The topic came up at, at a dinner table one night and you realize that my kid's school, my oldest is 17. None of his friends have jobs. Nobody has a job. Nobody. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And and for him I've let him not have to get a job because his job right now is a D1 golf scholarship and he's out there doing chipping and putting drills for hours and so I said okay well that's his that's his job that's his thing but when I see him on find my friends you know and I see him off at a friend's house and it's five o'clock in there six o'clock in the evening I'm like oh are we getting off track here you know we're supposed to be working on our drills and our <laughs> 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 but but then but then um he was telling me at one of this uh one of the charity events that they do they i guess were asked to like mow this lady's yard this elderly lady's yard and all his buddies were standing around this lawnmower and nobody had a clue how to start the mower and he has mowed <laughs> our grass not maybe probably a handful of times probably maybe two handful of times but he has gone out and done it because i said hey go mow the grass the yard guys are behind on their job or something uh so he knew how to start a mower but i was like man what is what, what, how does this translate? How, how do kids in this environment, I mean, they're all very smart. They're all doing well in school. They're all probably get masters and, and their parents are super smart, but every one of their parents, I know their parents, all their parents had summer jobs. We talk about it. We talk about how crappy our first cars were, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this next generation evolves in their 20s. Um, you know I, I'll be very transparent you know my my son has my credit card with his name on it so if he needs gas he just fills up but I think that's gonna change soon because the more I think about it I go you know he needs to be able to <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be able to just have probably have him do an allowance system he makes money he makes money he plays with all the old guys at the country club and they all bet money and he comes home with six hundred dollars in his pocket <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, well that's a job he's like, i'm like i'm like
1: where did this 600 dollars come from he's like man dad i had to birdie the last three holes in a row to get it i was behind the whole round <laughs> <laughs> so, so he is he is doing his his craft i guess um but yeah that's something that we're probably gonna have to switch up around our house other other two are a little young yet to uh to really be focused on on that they do do stuff around the house but not necessary for chore or for chore money, um, you know. So I, I guess the big thing is stay away, stay away from debt. Don't spend carelessly, as if you know there's, there's, there's just an endless amount of money. Um, and start putting away something for yourself. Create the habit. Maybe it's ten percent. Put away ten percent, um, something, uh, for your future. And if you don't have a capability to do a 401k plan, maybe you're at a small company or just started, you can't participate, put it into a Roth IRA. You know, you can go to ameritrade.com, tdameritrade.com and put it into a Roth um, and and start there. Put it in the S&P 500. That's a good, safe investment (laughs) advice. Right? (laughs) Put it in the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong, especially uh, uh, probably for the next uh, six months, it looks like. Um, Pay off all debt, don't take on new debt. Right? Go into your. Make sure you are going into your thirties and you are debt free. Work a side hustle. You are in your twenties. You should have tons of energy, right? Work a side <laughs> hustle and uh, uh, or focus on your career to get promoted faster. Do 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 things to try and generate that extra uh, that that extra money. Um, we do have a couple of podcasts on this. Um, if you you know, you can look at uh, four steps to getting uh, financially organized. That's actually on our YouTube channel. Uh, should you also look at uh, if you need to hire a financial advisor? We have a episode fifty four talks about hiring the right financial advisor. We talk about active versus passive investing. That was one thing I was going to mention. So, so many twenty year olds are like into crypto and they're into buying individual stocks, and it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath, right? Uh, because they're not just buying bitcoin and putting a hundred dollars over there and walking away from it they're they're trading they're buying stuff that has no value whatsoever shiba coin or dogecoin or whatever it's called <laughs> right thinking that you're going to make all this money you know what? you got to have sound investing principles and if you think that you're smarter than the market because in your 20s you think you know more than everybody else right until someone knocks you off your pedestal so stick to the basics of investing. S&P 500 or VTI, the entire US market. Just put it all in there um, and walk away from it. Just walk away from it. Just put it in every single month. s and P's inside your 401ks. It's easily inside Roth IRAs or IRAs. If you're doing that on your own, invest it, walk away from it. Don't look at it. It's boring, but it works good and it lasts a long time. Yeah. So Just just keep putting money in there every single month. Don't, don't overthink it. Yes, a lot of money can be made on individual stocks and if you want to gamify investing like Robinhood has. Like Robin, oh my gosh, Robinhood, you look at your phone. When you have I have a um, client who does trading on the side. He's showing me his phone. You're literally looking at this on the app on Robinhood and when the market's trading, your balance is moving in real time. So, it's not refreshing. Every time you refresh it, it changes. It's literally moving at you on the screen like you're watching a movie. And that's gamifying investing. That's 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 the wrong way to look at it. You know, you put it in there, you look at it once a quarter. That's what you need to do. Um and just have that practice over the long time. Um and and you're gonna be a multimillionaire in your twenties. It's easy. You can be Jack get hit in the head not go to school (laughs) put two thousand dollars away every year and you're gonna be a millionaire right so that that's that's where it all starts and it's just unfortunately if you are 20 and you are listening to this you know good for you um most of your peers probably aren't right and they aren't going to try to do the right thing because they just know everything or they have time when you're in your 20s you think you have tons of time but it flies by like that Mm -hmm. right brad
3: (laughs) Yes, it does. But I have more time too. <laughs> <laughs> but time is the key. Yes, and, and that's the the irony of all this is that they in our twenties we think we have time to do it later. We have, right. the time to do it is now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You had more time, and you have more because you have time. Yeah, you do.
3: You can do less because <laughs> you have
1: a lot more time. Right. I mm-hmm. have three kids and two high demand time sports, and then now a third starting to enter something like that, and and running a company and, and, you know, doing all this stuff. And I look back and go, what did I do in my twenties? Cause I must've had a lot of dinners out a <laughs> lot of friends because I don't remember a whole lot of, of, of what happened in my twenties Now I was always older than I really was. Uh, I will admit that. Um, so when other people were out having fun and spending all their money, you know, I was learning how to fly an airplane and I was starting down that career. So I had to ahead of my peers very quickly. Um, but over time they all caught up and many have passed me at this point is how people judge such things, I guess. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, um, uh, ultimately I think, um, you, you just, you just have to have a plan and your plan doesn't have to be complicated, but there's a goal and you're headed towards something. Um, if you don't have a plan, if you don't know what you want to do, you know, you're kind of floundering around. It's a great time to go experiment. And try try different different jobs, doing different things, but the bottom line is it all has one thing: an income. And you're just staying out of debt, right? Mm-hmm. Working your way through, working your way up the ranks, uh, and everything's going to be just fine. There's going to be a lot of uh, a lot a lot of valleys probably along the way, but if if you start off your life financially sound, then you'll be great. And I keep repeating myself, but the bottom wow. line is. <laughs> The bottom line is, um, you know, you just, you have to be smart and ask people that have gone ahead of you what they're doing or what they did. People you need to be successful and ask questions. Yes. Right?
2: Not the tw- also 20 something on social media telling yeah. you to invest in this, this, and this. Correct. Because they're the same life station as you and they don't have any more knowledge than you do <laughs> other than they might have watched a few more YouTube videos and read a couple more books. So, just make sure you're reaching out to someone who's like an older mentor who has walked through life a few more seasons than you have um, and let them like, that's a great time to welcome like a financial advisor. Maybe not in your 20s, but start having those kinds of conversations and figuring out, you know, how to move forward and what are your best next steps opposed to listening to the sounds of the people that are also your same age.
1: Yeah, or read, read, start reading some books. Uh, Random Walk Down Wall Street. Uh, that's a great book. You read that book, didn't you? I did. Did you read yeah. that in school or did you read it when you started here?
2: I read it, like started it from a request from like a professor. Like it was one of his recommendations for me to read it. And then I fully read it when I was here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that really explains the whole, everything you know about investing. Yes. It's a very long book, but mm-hmm. I think it's an easy read. No. Um, But yeah, that, that, that would give you some ideas about, about investing. Personal finance book. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Dave Ramsey has one. Um, well, he has several now. But uh, financial peace course. That would be a great thing to do in your 20s. Take a financial peace course. Uh, probably, I think it's 80 bucks to take it. Yes. You can do exactly. it online. Uh, or you can go to a group and do it with a group. Mm-hmm. But that that would give you some basics. He's got some hardcore stuff that... Uh, it's kind of like money boot camp, I guess. You know? Yes. You got, like, workout boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> which someone in our office is doing now. I don't see how she does it. She's like... <laughs> It's so like you just pay for punishment, um, but the uh, the money boot camp, uh, it's called the financial piece. Dave Ramsey. I think everyone should be doing should be doing that process. We we, and the people that come to our doorstep uh, get that same advice, <laughs> right? They do. I mean, you give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, the baby the baby steps, right? Uh, you can go hardcore with that. I, I don't know if I would go that hardcore with it, but the, the principles are there. Just
3: follow those principles, and, right? And it's a process, and our 20s are an opportunity to, to, to implement that process in our financial life, okay? Now, now's the time. The 20s are the time to do that, okay? Because as Dave Ramsey would say, live like no one else so that later on you can live like no one else. Yep. And that's his point.
1: Yeah, live like no one else, which means you're not buying uh, a crazy new car with a crazy car payment. Um, you're not maybe getting the nicest apartment initially' getting a good apartment safe apartment that's important right <laughs> but uh what, what what did you tell me yesterday uh uh a bougie you had somebody you knew a friend or somebody who who got a bougie apartment yes, and uh I say that. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're like I really like his bougie apartment and uh you know but you got the practical apartment right so yes. two different things <laughs> these are all terms we have to learn brad yeah yeah I'm just sitting here yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. We digressed. This is- this is not even about finance anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just- just culture conversation. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. Talk to you next time. All right.
0: Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Tim Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles, or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients listeners or similar interests investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor tax professional insurance professional and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein past performance is not indicative of future performance